So great to have you on this rainy flood Sunday. I hope everyone's boats are, are tied up tight at the dock. Uh, in all seriousness, I'm just, it says a lot for you to come here to church on, on a Sunday like this. And we just, we're praying. We've been praying for this service for a long time. And we believe that God has great things in store for everyone who's here. In fact, we are on week two of a, a, a two-week series called How to Move. Uh, the next two weeks, we're gonna be studying how to neighbor. But this week, I get the honor and the privilege of preaching something that's very dear to my heart uh, in such a way that hopefully by the end of today, you yourself will also be ready to move. Uh, so let's go ahead and pray this morning over the word. Lord, we come to you and we thank you that your word is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, your word says, that pierces us all the way through to our spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you'd speak to us in a way, God, that changes our lives forever. God, have your way with our hearts, have your way with our lives, and have your way with this service, God. I ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Well, how to move part two. Uh, this whole entire two-week series is all about helping us understand that God wants more for us than just believing in him as savior. He has so much more for each and every one of you. And today, I'm gonna take you through a scripture that's gonna help us see how to move, how to grow. You know, I remember when Pastor Alvin and I have been married for about six years, and we'll be married for 17 years. Um, actually, we just celebrated our 17 year wedding anniversary, believe it or not. Yeah, hey, that, <laughs> you better clap. That's 17 years of some toil, right? That's a 17 years of some dedication and lots of love, right, amen. But for 17 years we've been married, but when we got to about year six, we thought maybe we should consider having children. To be quite honest with you, I'm not like the normal female. I, I didn't like dream of having children. I love my children. My daughter's on the front row going, dear Lord, thanks mom. Uh, but that wasn't like this burning passion, uh, you know, of mine. I wanted to go conquer great things and do big things for God. And by about year six, we decided we're not getting any younger. And so we began to think about how could we afford a child? Anybody been there? And guess what? If you wait until you can afford it, you'll probably never have one. Uh, but we were figuring out how do we make room for a baby? We lived in a little duplex. Uh, what room would we turn into the nursery? Uh, how could we feed this little thing? Um, like, what are we gonna do? And the Lord just began to work on our hearts and suddenly I got bit by the baby bug. Any of you ever been bit by the baby bug? I mean, just consumed me. I wanted a baby out of the blue and all of the preparations went into place. And we began to think through, how are we gonna grow our family? What preparations are we gonna do now? Let's move beyond dream into reality, right? Well, on November 2nd, this little baby girl, Victoria, was born to us. And when she was first born, all that little girl wanted was Milk. I mean, milk in the morning, milk in the evening, mil milk in the afternoon, milk in the middle of the night, milk when I'm going to the bathroom, milk when I'm trying to make dinner, milk, 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 milk. Babies love milk. But by around four to six months, I was told, because I'm a first time mom at the time, so we obsess over everything, uh, that I needed to be given her more than milk. So I'm like freaking out, trying to figure out how I'm gonna get this cereal in the bottle through the nipple into her stomach. So I'm like poking holes in the nipples, trying to make room for it because I'm told that in order for her to keep growing and be healthy, she needs now more than milk. 
So we figured out a way to do this, and we got her all sat up in the chair. We got the video camera out. Amen, bless God. Video cameras back in the day, you know, the kind that had the tape. And we're, we're ready. We're ready for her cereal debut. And we get the spoon, and we get it into her mouth, and her tongue pushes it all out. She didn't like the cereal. She didn't like the texture. She wanted her some milk. Eventually she gets used to the texture of cereal and now I'm told that we need to like start feeding her fruits and vegetables. Well, like every great mom does, I go to the store, we buy the food and we're like mashing up stuff, right? We're buying this little baby bundle thing that purees all this food. You're spending $17 on a bag of apples to make two little jars of applesauce, bless God. I mean, we're like gonna make this baby grow and be healthy. And after that season and they get used to their fruits and vegetables, then we start cutting up the Tyson chicken nuggets and dipping it in some ketchup. <laughs> amen, oh, somebody got an amen from the nugget. All right, because I'm sharing all of this with you because what you need to understand is in the same way our children need different substances to grow, we as Christians need more than spiritual milk to keep on growing. In the same way, you know, we, we were all bundled up yesterday. Any of you guys, like you didn't want to go out because you were hooked to Jan, uh, Joe Cantori on the, on the weather station as he's bearing the wind of the hurricane. We couldn't get our eyes off of it until Carter wanted to watch a home video. And we put in this home video and Carter's bald and he's clapping wrong and he can't talk and Victoria's saying uh, Cruella de Dill instead of Cruella de Vil and we're ooh and on over it and just, it's all precious because they didn't know what they were doing. They were little. But it would be an entirely different story if today Victoria still can't say at age 10, Cruella DeVille wouldn't be so cute. It would not be so cute if Carter still didn't have teeth. He's, he's almost four. It wouldn't be so cute if he didn't know how to coordinate his hand and eye coordination and clap his hands correctly. What was cute as an infant isn't cute as a toddler. It would be very concerning if our children weren't developing properly. And there are a lot of Christians who are not growing and are not developing properly. And I have to wonder what Father God thinks when we still have Christians drinking bottles when they ought to be able to eat some Tyson chicken nuggets. And here at Timber Creek Church, we say this because we mean it. Like your God-given potential is our mission. Like that's what we're about. And there's an incredible passage in the New Testament. In fact, it's written by one of the most famous disciples, Peter. In fact, in this, this specific passage, he's very old. In fact, if you read further, we're gonna read in 2 Peter chapter one, when you get into chapters two and three, you find out quickly he's almost to the place of death. And so he's giving, listen, he's giving a group of Christians his final words, his final charge. And I want us to pay attention very carefully to what Peter says to that church. 
to get them moving. I want you to look at your Bibles this morning in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. Peter's talking to the Christians and he says this. Hey guys, his divine power has given us everything we need to live a godly life. Did, hold on. You just, 99% of you, that just went over your head. Peter's looking at people like I'm looking at you today. And he's saying, guys, everything you need, every bit of strength and willpower and self-control that you need to live a godly life is found in his divine power. It's through his divine power. Now catch this. He says his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him. So this power comes through what? Our knowledge of him. If you study the word knowledge, it isn't just an understanding about somebody. It is a personal knowledge. So when Peter's using this word, he's not saying that you know Jesus like you know Donald Trump. And he's not saying it's important to know Jesus like you know the principal of your child's school. He's saying in the word knowledge that the divine power you need to live a godly life is found only through personal knowledge of Jesus Christ. He goes on to say in verse five, for this reason, because of this fact, make every effort to add to your faith. Did you hear his cry? He says, if you don't do anything else, make every effort to add to your faith, goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, like understand what God is about. And to knowledge, add self-control, the ability to live it out. And to self-control, I like this one, perseverance. Those of you who have been saved for a while know after so long of partnering with God and spiritual growth and doing your part in being self-controlled, you can get weary, you can get tired, you can get discouraged, and it's really important that you don't stop adding to your faith right there because he says once you get to that point, now you're starting to develop something really important called perseverance, the ability to not quit, to not give up, and it's a vital ingredient that you need added to your faith to continue to grow. He says now to perseverance adds you some godliness and to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness now, let's add some love. And I think it's interesting that he ends with love because what did Jesus say that the world would see and recognize that you are his disciples? Love, love for one another. Now, verse eight is a condition. He says, for if, everyone say if. Do you understand when you see if, there's a condition to receive what it's about to say. He says, okay, church, now if you possess these qualities, what qualities? These things you just added to your faith. Listen, church. He says, if you possess them, the word possess means to have ownership of it not to dabble and like kind of play around in it. Listen, so you need to hear this. He said, if you possess these, if you possess them in increasing measure, what does that refer to? Growth. If you possess these in increasing measure, guess what church? 
they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What do we need the knowledge for? To live a life free from sin in his power. My greatest fear, for those of you who know me and know me really well, you know this is true. There's nothing I fear more than what the end of this passage refers to. You wanna know what absolutely freaks me out? The thing that terrifies me that I have to seriously deal with and face all the time is that I would get to the end of my life and look back and feel like I was ineffective and unproductive. What does the word ineffective mean? Not able to affect anybody. Does your faith have an effect on your environment? Does your faith, church, come on, think. Does your faith, mom and dad, does your faith have an effect at home? Another fear of mine is that I would be unproductive, not able to produce anything for Jesus by the end of my life. And what I love about this scripture is it's a recipe of sorts. It's kind of like a recipe. And Peter is saying, church, if you want power to live a godly life, if you want personal knowledge of Jesus Christ that gives you that power, you better learn how to add to your faith. Add to your faith. Let's look at this. In fact, I would say, number one, that this entire passage alludes to movement beyond faith. Beyond faith. What is faith? I believe Jesus is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross to forgive me of my sins. I invite him to come into my heart, be Lord of my life. Guess what? You're saved. But what Peter's saying is, that's fantastic. You're not going to hell. Praise the Lord. But if you want all of the other things Jesus died to give you, the things he says in John 10, 10, where he says, I've come that you may have life, life more abundantly, life in all of its fullness. Peter said, church, if that's what you want, you're gonna have to do more than just believe. In fact, I love the definition of how Dr. Tony Evans, he's a, he's a pastor of a large church in Dallas and he's on our radio program here on KSWP. And he defines what, Paul's, what Peter is referring to as spiritual growth. Everyone listen, spiritual growth. And he defines spiritual growth as, as this. This is really so good. He says, true spiritual growth is more of Christ expressing himself and less of me. Wow, did you, I know, isn't that deep? I went, whoa, I had to chew on that for a while. Let me give it to you again. Spiritual growth, true spiritual growth, becoming more like Jesus requires that you let Christ express himself more through less of you. It's more of him through less of you. Number two, and Paul's dare for this church to move, he says and he explains that this spiritual growth only happens as we add to our faith. See, salvation is free. Don't confuse or mess up what I'm teaching here. Salvation is free. He did all the work, we get all the reward. But spiritual growth requires your participation with God. Spiritual growth requires sacrifice. Spiritual growth requires movement. Everyone listen. 
Can you stay where you are right now and go to heaven with belief? Yes. But will you be missing out on like so much that God has for you? Yes. He has so much more for you. Some of you this morning, you might be new to Jesus. So you wanna know what adding to your faith looks like? It looks like getting a Bible that you can like understand and the right translation. We teach that in starting point. Get a good Bible, like start talking to God. Get into starting point. For those of you, maybe some of you adding to your faith is making time, making a sacrifice, listen, in your busy schedule to find time to participate in a spiritual growth opportunity. I know, I know. All of you just had 50 things in your agenda fly by your brain. But you make time for what's most important. Can I challenge you to add to your faith? And if your plate is so full that you can't add one more thing, can I challenge and dare you to look at your plate to see what needs removed? What needs subtracted from your time that's giving you little to no fruit to add something to your plate in your time that will create a harvest of blessing in your life? Are you with me this morning? Adding to our faith. You know, you may have to do something you've never done to go somewhere you've never gone. And some of you, you get stuck here every time because right as you start to leave service, you get so pumped about what Jesus just did. And you begin to think about, oh, I'm gonna get into that starting point class, bless God. Oh, those groups, Pastor Stephen, he's just so nice. I just wanna go sit and just listen to him. I'm gonna get in his group. And then all of a sudden, all of this doubt begins to plague your mind. And now all of a sudden you have all of these excuses why you can't get up early on Sunday morning and go to starting point. And now all of a sudden you've got all of these excuses of why I don't wanna get into a group. Wait, I said don't want to. I mean, um, I didn't, none of us feel that way, right? We don't need to get into a group. And it's a, it is a tricky tool of the enemy to keep you from adding to your faith, to make you not willing to sacrifice, to make you content where you are. And when you do that, you stop adding to your faith. That's a bold statement, but I mean it, hands down. You know, I had a lady who found me at camp right after I got saved. I don't know who she is, I don't know her name, but she said something to me that has transformed and set a trajectory for my Christian walk that I believe to this day is why I am the where, where I am, serving Jesus the way I am. I had a powerful experience with Jesus and didn't know what in the world to do next. Has anyone ever had that? Like, I was overwhelmed. I didn't know what was happening. I was walking around the camp by myself thinking, what does this mean when I get home? And a woman found me and she said, I wanna challenge you to do all that you just did here at camp, alone with Jesus in your room when you get home. And when you do, he's gonna show up to you in private on your own even more powerfully than he did at camp. And immediately I got so excited. I was like, man, best piece of advice any Christian has ever given me. Because I went home and got connected to the true vine in a way that fed me in my spirit, that caused me to keep growing and developing from milk to some pureed cereal, to some veggies, some, some cut up to some cut up Tyson chicken nuggets, and eventually to some steak. 
God wants us to add to our faith. Number three, the reward of adding to your faith is greater personal knowledge of Jesus. Okay, you want just hands down, like let's just cut through it here. The best part about adding to your faith, the goodness and the knowledge and the self-control and the perseverance, the brotherly kindness and the love, guess what? You begin to experience God in a deeper way. How many of you experience that? As you actually start walking out next steps and connecting with God, you feel closer to him. You don't have to just be at Timber Creek Church to hear his voice, to hear his encouragement, to get his direction. There's a personal, listen everybody, there's life beyond the foot of the cross. There's resurrection life waiting for you to live as you add to your faith, you get the reward of personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's pretty good. Number four, Paul says, uh, Peter, excuse me, Peter then says that that personal knowledge of Jesus gives us divine power. What kind of power? Your power? Your strength? Uh-uh. How many of we try to do it in our own power and our own strength to live for Jesus and we fall down every time? He says, no, the, the, through the personal knowledge of Jesus, he gives us his divine power to live godly lives that are productive and effective. Productive and effective. God never intended us just to believe. Are you hearing me this morning? God never meant for you to just come down and say a prayer or just turn in a connect card. Guess what? Timber Creek, God never even meant for you to do all that and go to starting point and finish and do nothing. See, God says that we're, we're able as Christ's followers, listen to me, to go from glory to glory with him, which means it just keeps getting better and better. We get to partner with him to do great things as we add to our faith. In fact, James 2.17 James says, in the same way, this is powerful, listen to this. He says, in the same way, faith by itself, faith how? By itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Did you, ouch. Faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, adding to, movement, taking next steps is dead because true faith involves movement. Everyone listen, true faith, pure faith, you can't, when Jesus Christ sets you free and you are free, it is very hard to be still and do nothing with that. In fact, that, in fact when you first get saved, it's even more important to hurry and start taking next steps. You've got to take that because true faith involves movement. True faith involves action. True faith follows God's leadership. True faith takes next steps. Now, I know it can be frustrating when a pastor tells you what to do but doesn't tell you how to do it. That's frustrating. Like, I'm like, you got me, I want to do it, and then service is over, you're dismissed. Like, what, what do we do with that? We're not going to do that this morning. In fact, this morning we've asked uh, Pastor Stephen and some team of our, our dream teamers uh, to come up here and share from their mouths what effect taking next steps has had on their lives. Because if you don't want to hear it from the pastor, I want you to listen to those who have lived and experienced life transformation by taking next steps. Pastor Stephen. 
All right, how's everybody doing? You doing good? Well, guys, I just am so thankful to be part of a church that provides next steps. I mean, that is so huge and so important that um, that we have a church that cares about us moving, about us growing in our relationship with God, and and doing the best we can to always be thinking, what is, how can we effectively provide next steps for you, for all of us to begin and continue growing in our relationship with God? And so we've got three awesome individuals up here that uh, that are involved in. in and next steps, they've taken that next step, whether it was years ago or recently. Uh, all three of these individuals are involved in multiple different areas, but we asked them to kind of come and just kind of share uh, about their their experience of taking those next steps and how it impacted their life. And and um, uh, I'm going to go with ladies first because that's what I'm supposed to do, right? This is Danielle Nicholson, and uh, she's incredible. She's actually a part of our staff here. She is Pastor Jonathan's assistant and does a lot around here. And um, but you didn't start off that way. You you. You came up here from Port Natchez Groves from uh, down south, and um, you came here and got involved in Dream Teams. Dream Teams, if you're new with us this morning, um, everybody that serves somewhere around this campus, they're a Dream Teamer. We may serve in different positions in different areas, but we're all Dream Teamers, whether it's in the cafe, kid works, uh, starting point team, group leaders, ushers, greeters, it doesn't matter. They're all part of the Dream Team. But we've asked Danielle to kind of share how being a part of a Dream Team has impacted her life. Um, yeah, so it's impacted my life greatly being a part of a dream team. Um, he had asked me earlier kind of how I got involved in a dream team. And when I really thought about it, I thought, Bonnie Rome, that's how I got involved in a dream team. And if you know her, you know what I mean. Um, but she, you can't say no to her. And so um, the the cool thing about our, our team here and our staff is they just set it up so perfectly and so easily for us. And I really needed someone like Bonnie Rome to to ask me and to kind of give me that little push. And she did exactly that. And I quickly got involved in KidWorks. And um, I was thinking about what I had said in first service. And obviously, I'm, I'm talking about being a dream teamer. So that's serving. And I actually just said things and of how um, it, it poured into my life. And you may look up here and think like, oh, that's that's a giving up a lot of my time, that's serving, that word. Some people just have a negative um, attitude about that word, but that's what it truly has been. It's just been something that people have poured into my life um, where I was at a time where I didn't really know where I fit in, what you know, where my place was. I had just moved here, I was new, um, but I found my place and I found it right at home and um, I was supposed to go back to the Port Natchez area um, about a year after being here. Um, but here I am four, four years later and now I'm on staff and um, just taking those next steps have just impacted my life greatly and I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't taken those steps. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's important to understand, too, as dream teamers, you're not just filling a role. You're not just showing up and doing a job on Sunday mornings. You're also part of a team, usually, that, that we're trying our hardest to make sure that those teams are getting together outside of just serving together. A lot of these teams have team leaders. They have coaches that pray for you and that check on you. And when you're walking through a difficult time, they're there to kind of put their arm around you. So it's not just serving. It's also being a part of a, a, almost a group in itself. That, that you can grow together. And so uh, if you're not involved in a dream team yet, make sure you get a chance to, to get involved in that. And uh, we've also asked Mark Keezer to come. And uh, many of you know Mark. Mark and his wife and family have been here for many years. And uh, probably for a lot of you, especially if you're new to our church, probably your first place that you're 
that you start is Starting Point. And uh, that's the place where you, you start and you find out about our church. You find out about uh, the biblical strategy that we have for our church. It's our desire that everyone know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and then begin to make a difference with that purpose that God's given them. And Starting Point gets you started in that and gets you introduced to the church and all that God has for you. And we've asked Mark to kind of come and share how it's impacted his life when he was in it, but then also how it's impacted him as he served in Starting Point. Well, we've been in the church here for about four years, a little over four years now, coming up on five, actually. And uh, our first thing that we did uh, was to go to Starting Point, and that was back when it met over in the gym there. And uh, we loved Pastor Talia over there. She was uh, such a great leader, and it was such a neat thing to be in a group of people to meet people, because we were in a big church, and we came from a very small church, and we wondered how we're we ever going to get to know anybody and get to know them intimately, where you really know people, and that's a, that's a task that in a big church that you have to do. Starting point's the place to start, though. You, uh, we meet on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock in the morning, and uh, that's for breakfast, and then we go on at 9.30, and it starts, but what you're going to do is you're going to learn uh, so many basic things, and what it did for me was it just helped me to get involved uh, with the, with the church and with different people and get to know people. Because my nature is I am a people person. That's just what I like to do. So I had to get into something where I'm going to get in with a group of people. But what you'll also do is you're going to learn so much of the basics of the faith. And I don't care how old you are. I mean, I've been a Christian a long time, but I still learned a lot. You know, just basic things that helps you to walk your faith out and. Uh, but the greatest part for me, how it really impacted me, was that God, I look over the group of people out here and I realize how many people I know in the church. I may not know you well, but I know you because you've been in Starting Point. I've had people um, come up to me and say, hey, how are you doing? And I'm like, okay, who, who's that? You know, and then I realized, oh, they were in Starting Point maybe two years ago. You know, so that's pretty cool when you can get in chance and, and get to know that many people. But Starting Point is a next step place teaches you your gifts, you're going to learn what your strengths are, where you can really grow, and what part of ministry you might have an opportunity to move into after you're through with that four-week class uh, to see what you're really gifted at, because we actually do a gifts assessment, so you'll actually get to see what you like to do, and uh, that's the direction you want to move, and we help put you in that place, so... Very cool. Yeah, starting point is, for many of you, that's the first stop. That's the first next, uh, the first step you need to be taking. And uh, what's cool is it starts uh, new every month. It's a four-week journey, last four weeks, and, and it starts all over again next Sunday with the first one. And uh, so if you've not been in starting point, trust me, you want to get in there and see Mark and the rest of the team and, and be involved in that. It's going to get you moving in the right direction and get everything kick-started for you as you move forward in your walk with the Lord and getting involved here at Timber Creek. Another area um, as a, that's a next step that I get real excited about is, is groups, and um, groups are small groups. It's an opportunity. We have over 60 groups that are about to kick off this fall, and we have social groups. We have study groups and support groups, and our heart is that everybody get involved in a group. Why? Because uh, while it's important that we get together on a Sunday like this and worship together corporately, we also need to get together in smaller groups so that we can grow and that we can move forward and take those next steps in our 
our relationship with the Lord. I heard a, I shared this first service that I heard recently an African proverb that said, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And I feel like that really describes what our groups are all about. God wants to take you places. He wants you to move. He wants you to grow. And when you get in groups and community with other people, that helps you do it. And J.R. McDaniel, he and his wife and his family have been a part of groups. They've impacted his life in a lot of ways. And, and he's been involved in them as being a part of groups, but then also leading groups. And he's a good friend of mine. I asked him to just kind of come share. He's one of our deacons. And he's going to share with you guys how it's impacted his life. So uh, during first service, my, my wife made fun of me afterwards because I think I said, I love groups like eight times, but I love groups. And so thinking about the seasons of life, we came to Timber Creek Church uh, when I was a kid and it would come from a broken family and things were tough, but it's how, some, how we got to know people. And so for that season, it, it became home. But then as I grew up in the church, through youth, through college and career. I got to know my wife in the college and career group. Uh, as uh, young parents and, and newlyweds, there were groups for us that helped us in those seasons of life. And, and even now, groups about being a better husband, about being a better dad. Um, there is no better way to meet people that are going through what you're going through in life than in groups. And so groups is a phenomenal place to make some friends, but to really have some meaningful, deep relationships. And so we... We love groups. Awesome. I knew I got the right guy. We love groups. You could have said it 10 more times. I'd be okay with it. Well, awesome. Yeah, like Pastor Talia said, it's always good. We're hearing the message. We're hearing it preached and taught, but it's so cool to hear firsthand testimonies from people that have been involved in these next steps. So guys, thank you for being a part of this. Thank you. Let's give them a hand. It takes a lot of courage to get up here and do that. I love hearing the testimonies. Aren't testimonies so powerful? So powerful. You know, maybe you identified with one of them this morning and, and you just thought, oh my goodness, how do they know that's how I feel? It's because we've been where you are. All of us have had to take next steps. And so I just wanna make this super crystal clear. You know, if you're new to the church, you're new to Christ, this is a no-brainer. Your next step is starting point. Uh, I, like I said, I got to teach that for almost nine years and I got to watch people just come alive as they began to attach to Christ in relationship, really get to know him. And then, like he said, where they really come to life also is when they start to understanding their potential and their gifts. It is exciting when you begin to understand why God made you the way you are. You're not crazy. You're actually normal. And all the things that you have going on, God wants to use to minister to someone else. Uh, I just want to also reiterate groups. You know, you might be in here this morning and you say, I've been here for a long time, but I, have, I don't have one friend that loves Jesus. And I'm starting to feel the weight of that. I'm starting to see the effects of being separated from Christian fellowship community, uh, and I need to do something. You're right. <laughs> you do. You need to get in a group. And, and we're gonna, we have over 60 groups starting next week. So you need to jump in there. Starting point starts at 9.30 next week. Come hungry. Leave happy. I don't know what restaurant that's from, but we do that at starting point too. And I just want to say this about dream teams. I was a new Christian. Like, our youth pastors were crazy. Like, they were just crazy. Crazy about Jesus, but crazy about getting us in to serve. And I remember at the time, it was uh, uh, Ashley Pig. I don't even know if she's here this morning, but Ashley used to be Ashley Matchett. And a bunch of other girls were starting to get saved at the high school. I was, like, barely saved. Like, I just, I knew Jesus, and I knew to talk to him, and that's about it. 
And our youth pastor's wife said, uh, Talia Beaver, I think, I think that since you have somewhat of a connection with some of these girls at school, do you think maybe you could start a Bible study? I'm barely like figuring out whether there's an old and a new Testament. And she wants me to lead a Bible study. But I tell you, that was the greatest thing a leader could have ever done to me. Because what I had to do was dig in God's word to feed someone else. I had to get in God's word and figure out what he said about all of the questions that they had. And they had a lot. And I didn't have the answers. But I never grew more. My knowledge of God grew my problems and my hangups began to disappear. I mean it literally, guys, because I was growing and I didn't even know it. I grew as I was being stretched out of my comfort zone to help someone else grow. So don't give me any excuses of you don't know God's word, you're not strong enough. I was barely saved, started leading a Bible study. And you know what I found out? I found out I loved God's word. I found out I loved to teach God's word. I found out that there's nothing more addicting for me than when I take what's complicated about God and teach it in a way that everybody can understand and they grab hold of that truth and they're set free and they're changed and they fall in love with Jesus because of the truth of God's word. Got addicted to it. As I added to my faith some goodness and some knowledge, some self-control as I took steps way out of my comfort zone. So you know me now as Pastor Talia. I wasn't Pastor Talia back then. I was like, had the flames of hell still hanging on my clothes. Like I was not Pastor Talia. And I didn't know him the way I know him now. But I stepped out of my comfort zone. I was willing to sacrifice what was comfortable to, if it meant someone else coming to know Jesus the way I just met him. And some of you, you were sitting on your destiny and it's getting dusty. And Jesus wants you to add to your faith by getting onto a dream team. He wants you to understand what the will of the Lord is for your life. And when you begin to do that, guess what you get to feel and experience, church? You get to experience partnering with God and feeding your 5,000. You get to partner with, partner with Jesus and talking to the woman at your well. See, you get invited into these God moments when you add to your faith and you grow and you serve and you do what Jesus has called you to do. It's exhilarating, it's addicting, and it's what you were created for. Finally, I'm so excited. Let me say this real quick as I, as I make a big announcement of something that we're coming up with. Tonight, we do have dream team training, dream team nights for those of you serving on a dream team. Maybe you've gone through starting point and you're not doing anything. Guess what? We want you here tonight. We're gonna feed you supper. We're gonna have a whole lot of fun, but I'll tell you what we're gonna start doing, dream teamers. We're gonna start sharpening your leadership as never before. We're gonna make sure we're, we as shepherds and as leaders of this church, that we're helping you take next steps yourselves. In fact, let me close with this. You guys remember we bribed you to take a reveal survey <laughs> for about 15 minute survey. I say that because we kind of did. But a lot of you took the bribe and the bait and you did it. The good thing is we found out the spiritual pulse of our church. And here's what we found out. We found out that we have four demographics of people here. We have explorers in Christ, those just kind of kicking the tires on Christianity. 
We found we have growers in Christ, just new little sprouts growing and like just doing great. And we found we have those who are close to Christ and Christ-centered. But here's what the statistics showed us about those four groups. Explorers and growers, you are as happy as stink here at Timber Creek Church. I mean, you are just, you love the worship and you're growing because of the worship and you love pastor's teaching and you're listening to all the podcasts and you love starting point and like, woo, you know, you're finding out your potential and you can't stop singing the praises of all Jesus is doing in your life. And then there's two other groups who love this church just as much, who believe in the mission and the vision and the values and the strategy of this church. But do you wanna know what the statistics showed about you? They showed that you feel stalled in your spiritual growth. Because you know what, you're right. You need more than starting point. You deserve more of that. You deserve spiritual growth opportunities. You wanna know what else we found out? We found out that those of you guys who are close to Christ and Christ-centered, you said, it's not that I don't want to grow. I just need the spiritual leadership to come up alongside me a little bit and teach me how. And you wanna know what's the neatest thing about that? We were already working on that before we did the reveal survey because we felt that in our own prayer, in our own prayer time in our hearts as a staff. So guess what? We hear you. And we're about to launch the first ever grow track here at Timber Creek Church. It's gonna kick off on Wednesday, September 6th. I get the honor and the privilege of teaching it, raising up some leaders that are gonna help me teach it down the road. And I'm telling you what, it's gonna be level one of four levels we're creating. You have the option to go as deep into God's word and understanding of Him as you wanna go. We're gonna take you through level one this fall. It's gonna be in the chapel. You better, you come hungry, you're gonna leave happy. I'm telling you, I've got restaurant slogans coming out like crazy, but you're gonna come, you're gonna grow. We aren't gonna dibble tabble in what Starting Point does. I'm, but we're gonna launch out into the deep and we're gonna go deep into God's word. You're gonna learn how to study it, how to understand it. You're gonna learn about redemption, justification. You're gonna learn about forgiveness. You're gonna learn about freedom. You're gonna learn so much about your God-given potential. And that means we've got to add a Wednesday night grow track to get you unstalled, unstuck. I'm telling you, our pastor says, I will meet the challenge every time. And so we're creating that for you. Don't not show up. You have to do your part on your spiritual growth journey. Your spiritual leadership, we will provide the opportunities. Your job is to take next steps and seize them. Let's stand this morning. Pastor believes and our staff back him 100%. Pastor Jeremy really believes that God is calling this church to move. That's why we're taking the time to teach on this. He's, he's, added, he's asking us to move. God is asking us to, to add to our faith. And with no one moving around, I just want everyone to bow their head and close their eyes in this holy moment. God, we thank you that there is life, there is resurrection life beyond the foot of the cross. We're thankful for the cross. We're thankful for forgiveness. But Jesus, I thank you that there is a spiritual growth journey waiting for every person. And while the next steps might look differently for some, 
What you need us to understand today is you just want us to take a next step. God, would you give us the courage? Would you remove the excuses? God, may we add to our faith. May we move, may we take next steps forward towards reaching and fulfilling our God-given potential. And it's in Jesus' name. You guys hang tight one moment while Pastor Stephen has a couple of announcements that are very important so you can take the right next steps.